0: Hey guys, welcome to Launchpad Podcast. Before we get started, you know, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod on our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Let us know what's going on. I, I've been talking to some of you. I appreciate it when you guys hit us up. Tell us how full of shit we are and that the movies we watch suck. <laughs> um, no, it's been fun. It's been good Discord. I think it's funny because I post something I was like, I've been watching these movies and somebody hit me up and they're like, those suck. You should watch these instead. And they're not wrong, but
1: also it's, <laughs> it's funny.
0: It's fun. Um, also, I like, you know, it's it's great to hear from you guys. Uh, thanks to people who've been watching the YouTube, especially the people who love wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Are those
1: numbers uh, still climbing?
0: Dude, we get like 6,000 views a, a, a week on that shit. It's like it's out of control. I, I wish I could monetize it. <laughs> We'd
1: be Maybe rich. Maybe we're in the wrong business. Maybe I know. Maybe we should be talking about sports we don't know anything about.
0: Yeah. Next week, we're, we are now a female wrestling podcast. <laughs> because um, <laughs> apparently it does way better than whatever we're doing Uh, yeah you know social media hit us up uh, man it's been a while I'm excited to talk to you this week
1: yeah it has and it's like I, this is an outlet for me I need this yeah. every week although you caught me on my one day this year that I'm like I have no reason that I need to get out of bed so I'm not I told Amanda like Amanda's got the baby today there's nothing that I had to get fixed or (laughs) doing anything this morning so I was like I'm not getting out of bed and then I like last minute was like fuck it I can do the podcast from a bed so I still got my little PJs on I brought my sign in
0: yeah this is good it's good this is
1: where the magic happens ladies for all our female (laughs) listeners and gay members who have good taste
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh let's just get on with the show. <laughs> Mission sequence star. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine women. Look We have a lookout. Right, welcome to the Launchpad podcast. I'm Aaron. Uh Matt. Matt, uh, we're doing a little like catch up, man. It's been a while. I've read some stuff. I read a comic book that like is like yeah, that comic book's like 30 years old. I'm like, "Yeah, but I want to talk about it now." <laughs> um I've been watching some movies. Have you seen the Batman yet?
1: No. Uh, it's it's on my list of things to do ASAP and I just Roomy.
0: I you're getting into that territory where I'm just going to have to spoil it for you. No, you know what? I'm going to do it even worse. I'm going to podcast cuck you. I'm going to get somebody else to come on here and talk about it with me, and you're going to no, have no, to No, 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 don't do
1: that. I'll go watch yeah, it. I'll no, go you're, watch it.
0: You're going you're gonna to have to be on the Zoom muted and just watch me talk about it with someone else. That's <laughs> that's how this is going to work. You son of a bitch. Uh, like, did you uh, just
1: watch it, or did you watch it a while ago? I watched a it a
0: while right? ago. I've been dying to talk about it. I um I
1: The problem, I fell into two holes with that. One was... Amanda said oh I'd watch that so you're like okay <laughs> this is but what then, you do yeah but it's not really her fault for that because then there's like we've also now hit the time where I know better because we've been married so long that I'm like listen at this point if I have the time to watch it I'm gonna do it without you if you I'll invite you if you're in you're in if not later but the problem is the movie's fucking three hours long and I I don't know that I've had in the last two months three hours of Matt time
0: <sighs> yeah and three hours that you want to pay attention um can, can i say things that aren't spoilery
1: is it even possible if you need to, if you need to you can but all right on one give hand, me another week give me another week
0: okay i will say this on one hand i feel like i've been like needful things about batman mm. like stephen king opened up a shop and i walked in and i was like i just want batman to return to his roots and become a detective i, I don't want him to be an iron man ripoff and they're like haha wish granted but then i had to also find out what like the dark side of that wish was and they're like you're also gonna get a real mopey ass bruce wayne i was like (laughs) so part of me like i'm watching them I'm like this is my favorite batman movie ever and then i'm like i fucking hate this fucking version of bruce wayne (laughs) and it's it's nobody's fault like look i don't think the actor did a bad job i think it's just the choice that they made and ran with it at least be consistent but it's kind of like you know people who are like george clooney's my favorite batman you're like Okay, but at least he did it. He did it consistently. Like that was a choice he made. And George Clooney wasn't a bad actor doing it, but that was that was his choice, and he stuck with it. And okay, that's not the version for me, but it's out there, and they did it. Good for them. So we'll we'll get into Batman at some point. All right,
1: Batman is a big um, summer thing for me. Like for me, I very I have very strong memories and feelings associated with Batman Forever and Batman and Robin Mm. going in. Like those were big. Like. They, if I remember correctly, they released right about the time school <laughs> let out for the at, summer.
0: At least a couple times a year, Matt will send me a voice memo, which is always weird because I'm like, did he just pocket voice memo me? It seems like something an old man would do. And it's him screaming, kiss from a rose on the grave. <laughs> Ooh, da, 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 da. And I'm just like, what the? Like, I'm in Home Depot and I'm like, oh, shit, Matt just said, oh, my God, did something happen? Like, Why would he send me a voice memo? And Kate's like, listen to it, listen to it. Because I'm like, Matt's like, Rumi, I'm trapped in a well, and I don't know how to send messages. Here it is. And it's him screaming kiss from our road."
1: Oddly enough, from a different Home Depot. I was just, they had it playing <laughs> over the loudspeaker.
0: <laughs> I love that amazing. song.
1: Those, that soundtrack, and I'm not going to lie, the Batman and Robin soundtrack, while not nearly as good or iconic, It has a very sentimental place for me because I remember that summer.
0: I think we could do an entire episode on... on complete soundtrack like the godzilla soundtrack movies suck but yeah, dang, yeah that would be good. like yeah. How, how do we fix this song add godzilla roars cool cool cool, cool, yeah. cool.
1: <laughs>
0: do it p diddy what you got i got a couple of the members of led zeppelin dope 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 throw it in there hey um green day what do you got we're like the same song we've done a million times but with godzilla roars sweet throw that on there and it's like quiet. get something on here. And like, yeah, yeah, run around this
1: fucking yeah. movie theater as it's going underwater. You just step on the seats and shit. Oh, that's so good. So good.
0: Baller album. Rage Against the Machines? Hell yeah, get some Godzilla in there. <laughs> like, I fucking love that Godzilla album. I mean, same thing, Batman Forever. Holy shit, what a soundtrack. Great album. Everybody had it. I mean, come on.
1: That movie wasn't as bad as Batman and Robin. And Batman and Robin's soundtrack is not as good, but Batman and Robin's soundtrack is still a lot of fun for me. At least half of it is.
0: I've recently watched Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, like back-to-back weekends with Kevin mm-hmm. and Meg, my, my brother and sister-in-law. Batman Forever, I think, is still a good movie because it found that slice of camp that worked. Sure. And Batman Forever pushed it over the edge no, Batman That's not, and Robin. Batman and Robin, yes, Batman forever found the found the found the perfect slice where camp worked and it still works as a cool movie and I was young enough to be like fucking cool. And then when I watched it I was like it's still pretty fucking cool. Batman and Robin p- tipped the scale right to too campy, but I had a good time watching it. Yeah. But as a kid I watched it I was like this is god awful. <laughs> yeah. <I see. laughs> and it's like it's it's a very interesting thing because it's like well we didn't change the formula and you're like, hmm. You did a little bit. Yeah, you just,
1: yeah. You, <laughs> there's something in here that wasn't in the last batch.
0: I, I mean, yeah, it's literally they're like, "Hey, we liked how like cheesy this last one was. Let's amp that up a little bit." And you're like, it "Didn't work." Also, nobody seems to want to be in this movie, <laughs> <laughs> except for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. He's having a great time. <laughs> and at the end of the day, like, it, it's more fun. It's aged deliciously, like in being so awful, yeah. but like. When you watch them back to back, you're like, "How could Forever work so well while still being cheesy and weird?" And then the follow up being just almost ter- like sank the franchise, but it still was the you know same same formula. It's it's very interesting. That would be we, a
1: fun episode to do is just deconstruct those two movies together, like separately yeah. and then together. Why did one work? Why did another work? Because I think mm-hmm. we'd have a lot of a lot to talk
0: about. We would. We would. What have you been watching man you got anything good what have you been doing with your not three hours that you don't have? okay
1: i have a first ever on the launch pad podcast ever as far as i know as far as a what have you been watching
0: mm, i'm excited tell me lay it on me
1: <sighs> my wife is a social worker at a middle school that was putting on a theatrical musical production of beauty and the beast and we went last night oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> It was rough like as as you're all being like oh wow this 40 year old man had to go to this school that he has no attachment to I don't know the kids I don't know the family I don't know anything and you're like and it's middle school so how good could it have, it was so as as bad as you think it was it was worse it was okay
0: kids couldn't sing pitchy as shit <laughs>
1: it, but you think that like you think that's gonna be the case there were characters that I couldn't believe as they locomotioned from one side of the stage to the other. I was like, I have trouble believing that you just walked across there. <laughs> Amanda told me, my wife told me on the way there, she's like, the guy who was playing Gaston originally was really good, but he was fucking around in school. So they yanked him from the play. He wasn't allowed to do it. So they had to get a replacement Gaston. So they had to like coerce some kid to do it. And she's like, so. He's not good, and I think they instructed him to kind of talk, sing most of his songs. So I was like, okay, I understood that. That was their mistake, because I didn't believe him talking. He, I mean, he could not sing for sure, but he could barely talk.
0: And you went to this not even for your kid. You're going to have to sit through tons of these but your oh, son will be there, so he'll be like, "Ah, like everybody tells me this, and this is my biggest dread of parenting. Like I didn't want to have children because I don't want to sit through their bullshit shows. Mm. Now I have one; I'm going to have to do it. Okay. And everybody's like, no, no,' no, but it's your kid, so it's different. No, it's not. When they suck, they still suck, and uh, I have to sit through their bullshit on the way home because yeah. I
1: feel like Gaston's parent. Like it was uncomfortable. You know when you watch a shitty movie and like we make fun of it." But there are roles, actors in the movie, or overall direction, where it's so bad you're embarrassed for them. Like, on an empathetic (sighs) level, you are embarrassed. (sighs) I felt so bad for this kid. And I was like, if his family is here, they have to know. Like, nobody in the show was good. He was abysmal. And yes, for the record, I am ripping on a, what, 12-year-old, 13-year-old boy right now? But, like, he looked like the goon football player in a sitcom that doesn't know anything. Like I've been watching ALF recently and in ALF in ALF, there's a, a a goon football player who's tutored by the young girl in the show. And he like literally can't hold a conversation with her. He has the joke of it is he has trouble understanding her regular speech, let alone when they're talking about chemistry. That's what this guy seemed like. He couldn't hit a beat like a comedic beat. The one who played LeFou was this little girl who was fantastic and she was acting her tiny little ass off. And I think she was trying to carry every scene cause he could do no lifting. And
0: <laughs> he like literally he had a
1: bow, like a bow and arrow bow around his shoulder the whole time. Yeah. And he only used it once at the end. And I'm pretty sure that they Tommy Wiseau water bottled him. And they're like, listen, you're terrible. Just fucking hold on to this bow. Like that, you know, that's the whole thing. And that I did not hit her. I did not, I didn't do it. It's bullshit. And he throws the bottle. That whole thing like took them a thousand takes in the room because he kept fucking it up. So some genius was like, you're a terrible actor. Just squeeze this bottle. And that helped him get through the shot. And that was the take that they used. That's what I think happened with this kid in this bow. They oh were like, here, God. just put this bow on you. He was terrible. The, I mean, I, I can't, he, his his words didn't sound like words. Um, and Wasn't it was it everything you couldn't
0: do to just like talk shit to your wife the whole time? Like, yes. Like, with there jokes? were two or three
1: times she leaned over and said something to me, but I was like, I don't know who's around us. And I seriously was like, how funny would it be, especially with COVID and the masks if you went to a show like that with two or three people with earpieces and microphones, so we could be whispering jokes to each other the whole time. (laughs) And I was like, first of all, how evil is that to just shit on some little kids, stupid little show, but like the costumes were nice. And you know, they clearly were trying the, the girl who played bell was a good actress in terms of, she looked like she was like, I'm this character bell. I'm not a teenage girl. Every other pretty much every other kid was just like, I am the clock. I'm saying clock things. The the candlestick guy was pretty good, but he only just had one little flourish that he just kept doing. But it was funny and it was cute. The Beast, they had this like uh, essentially like a hood thing with the hair and the horns. Yeah. But and ha- big shaggy paws and yeah. big shaggy feet. But otherwise he was just wearing black slacks and a white dress shirt. And it made him look like a lab, like a mad scientist, like he'd had an experiment that went awry. <laughs> it was really weird, and I couldn't understand that. And
0: how old are these kids? Is it middle school?
1: Middle school. So it was yeah. like, and Amanda said they had some elementary school in there that actually were like some of the better kids. Oh. The girls who followed Gaston around, they were pretty good. Because um, well, you, you got to have a slight comedic timing to make some of those jokes land, right?
0: I so. I, I in in middle school, I did you know a bunch of musicals and stuff and, and the plays and did all that stuff.
1: I can tell you as good as you think you did, you were terrible.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> I, kn- I knew we were. But we can top that on awkwardness. We did a show It's like called one more Night in the streets or something and we knew it was edgy because when they' were like, we want to put on this show, everybody was like, no. It's about prostitutes dying (laughs) in the streets on drug overdoses and getting killed by their pimps and stuff at a Catholic school.
1: Was it a musical? Yes.
0: And they had to tone everything way, 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 way down. They toned it all down and like, you know, they they dialed it a lot back. But like, oh, no, no. These are middle schoolers putting on a show about prostitutes. Were they still prostitutes or
1: did they change it to be like Girl Scouts or something?
0: (laughs) No, they were like, they, they took out like the references to it, but like. You knew what they
1: there was, was doing. a scene where you had to lean into a guy's car and ask him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, my my character's name was Sino and I I sang like a country song and that was like my one thing. I had a solo. <laughs> do you remember the words? No, I don't. Really? No, I, do, I, I, I was middle school, man. I barely remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. <laughs> Dude, I was in elementary
1: school and I was in Bye Bye Birdie and I remember that shit.
0: Uh, wow um, I mean we did some fun ones we did do some fun ones but yeah that was ridiculous and it was like really we're getting away with this and like I think it was one of the things where like okay they, they have toned it down to be acceptable for a middle school Catholic school audience nope 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 everybody was outraged just sheer outrage <laughs> it was great oh so good Um, I've also always wanted to play LeFou in a version of uh, I missed my chance I could have come come out to you'd LA be take a, you'd be yeah.
1: you'd be a good LeFou
0: the See, I always wanted to be, yeah, Josh Gad, fuck him. I could do that shit. (laughs) I think you
1: could. Gaston is like my favorite fucking character, certainly in that movie, but definitely like he's high up there in Disney because I kind of can relate to him. He's pretty fucking cool. He's a rapist. No, he's not. (laughs) He's a chauvinist. He's He's a chauvinist and he clearly doesn't respect anybody except himself, but... You know, he can spit better than anybody. And And
0: do you drink eggs, Ruby? How many eggs did you have?
1: When I was a lad, I ate five dozen eggs. Yeah, I freaking, (laughs) I I like the bravado of that character. He's a fun character. And this guy just murdered it. He was just like, and every last inch of me is covered in hair, made no like... There was was a part in that song where he flexes and all the people around him go, ooh, and then he turns the other way and he flexes and he, ooh, and then he, like, takes a step towards the stage and, like, knowingly looks at the crowd and then flexes both arms and people faint and shit. And he, like, it just it was almost like they were like, Hey kid, what are you doing for the next 14 minutes? And he's like, nothing. They were like, come in, we need you for this play. <laughs> and all, and he had never also seen the, the Disney version, which is what this was. It was the Disney version. Right now there's um, some,
0: somebody listening to our podcast Me like, I thought you guys were going to like talk about Batman or something. Like,
1: <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say there's some kids, some, someone's listening and being like, my son didn't do that bad last night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, and the first 20 minutes they talked about a musical at a <laughs> <Yeah>. grade school.
1: <laughs> then there's someone else. There's two people, two, two listeners texting each other right now. And one of them's like, at least they're not talking about dicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, before we move, because I have other stuff to tell you and I want to hear what you want to say, but before we move away from this, I did have an idea. How could, Oh, Talk about uncomfortable. The, the girl who plays the French maid mm-hmm. looked like she looked like she could have been in your performance about the streetwalkers. Oh
0: God! And oh, they, they like they're like, where can we get a French maid costume? And they're like, hmm, huh, hmm. She's, and like, it's like, like, she's like, I already Not appropriate. I already ha-
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was it was appropriate enough, but like, I did the math and I was like, at most that girl is fifteen, at most, and I yeah. was like, wow. Um, but she actually, she was actually one of the better quote unquote actors, but then at the end, whenever, like there was a woman, a woman, a girl who was the wardrobe, there was Chip and Mrs. Potts and they had big flourishy costumes on this girl just had like a French maid costume on and a, 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 a duster. Then at the end, when everybody turned back into human, they had human clothes on and she was, a. don't know that she, there was no visual discernment but between uh, when she was a mop and when she was a a woman. But before that, I was thinking how fucking funny to do a really faithful adaptation, like the movie or the animated series or animated movie. But at the end, when they all turn back into human, swap them. So like. Like the Cogsworth doesn't look like a mustached, you know, portly little guy. He looks like, you know, like. Arnold Schwarzenegger or like the sexy little uh, feather duster ends up looking like, like, oh, hello, <laughs> I'm glad to be a human again.
0: <laughs>
1: when you were Mrs. growing Potts up, turns back into like yeah. a uh, like a 22 year old sex bomb. Like, how cool would that be?
0: When you were growing up, was there a VHS like at your grandparents house that you just wore out because it was the one that was there?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we because we we had a good collection there, but I would bring shit.
0: Mm. yeah I know I should have done that uh, at my grandma's house it was like this was the only VHS she had was was um, Beauty and the Beast so I've seen that probably more than anything else <laughs> it was that and Jurassic Park and I was like I can only watch Jurassic Park so many times <laughs> so you know you bounce back and forth tale as old as time <laughs> All right, let's talk about something else. Come on, let's talk about something nerdy. All, <laughs> All right, right, what do you got? I read I got, a comic I got book.
1: More nerdy stuff. I'm I read. Here. A, I'm I'm I read a, a comic book.
0: Got. Um, I read uh, the first collection, the first trade paperback of Sandman, and I had never read it before. Mm. Neil Gaiman, yeah. Sandman, way ahead of its fucking time. Yeah. Holy shit! And the fact that they're making like an HBO show of it now is like perfect timing, guys, because they're doing. They were doing back then what like Peacemaker did now. And even though Sandman is not a comedy, it's like, here's a character within the DC universe. That's like floating behind the scenes and like skirting around and taking like shitbox box characters that nobody gave a fuck about Dr. Destiny. Nobody gave a fuck about that guy back when he was in the forties and fifties and sixties. And then suddenly like Neil Gaiman's like, Hey, can I do something with this guy? And they're like, sure. And he turns him into one of the most horrifying villains I've ever seen in a comic yeah. book. Yeah. And, you know, he, he 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 meets up with John Constantine and doing all this like side side door, you know, parallel universe sort of uh Forest Gumpian shit where it's like this was happening in the main comic books, but Sandman was here off to the side. And for those of you who don't know, like the basic premise is this guy tries to this cult tries to capture death and they have a way to like kidnap a a god. And they do the ceremony, but who appears in their trap isn't death. It's dreams. The god of dreams. It's the Sandman. And they steal his shit and they lock him up for 30 years. And he, while they have him locked up, like everybody's having fucked up dreams or not dreaming or, you know, things are just wrong because he can't give people good sleep or, or you know, the, the, the good things that dreams do as well as the bad things that dreams do. So then, the, you know, the cult fucks up and he escapes and his like revenge to the guy who did it the guy's son cuz he's the only one who's alive now is he gives him the eternal wake which is that that thing in movies where somebody's like somebody's like oh i just woke up from a horrible dream <gasps> i'm still dreaming horrible and then they wake up again it's like that but forever like he's trapped in that in that loop of of waking up with a start and then horrible things happening and then waking up and then horrible fucking creepy and cool and then he goes on and like finds john constantine to try and get his shit back and they have all these like very interesting just really interesting comic book tropes and really interesting approaches to how to show these high concepts. Like when he's in the dream world, um, it's all these interesting characters. Cain and Abel are there, and these little they're these little like elves that keep yeah. killing each other, which is cool. There's dragons and gargoyles, which is cool. Um, and then Doctor Destiny, they go to Arkham Asylum, and they're like, Doctor Destiny's been locked up forever. He can't dream. And this character, I guess, in the past had a had a gun that could shoot nightmares at you. And it was, it, basically, he's a he's a low rent. Um, Scarecrow and Scarecrow's in it. Who's like kind of makes fun of him for being that, but because he's been locked up for so long and he hasn't dreamed, he's like rotting away. He's like a, a skeleton, it's a creepy zombie guy now. And he escapes Arkham with the help of Scarecrow and just goes to this diner. And he's like, I'm gonna wait till the Sandman shows up. And he starts doing this thing because he has this 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 ruby that belongs to Sandman that can make dreams come true. And he starts just fucking with the twelve people in this diner. And it's just done hour by hour, and he basically makes them worship him, makes them fear him, makes them like do this like gross orgy, start stabbing each other and cutting each other's to pieces until he's like, I'm done having fun with you guys, and like just in that span of time, does the most horrific shit. And it's like, holy cow, that's fucked up. But then, then he's like, time, time to to boost the signal. He starts everybody all over starts doing shit like this, and Sandman shows up and tricks him into into failing but it's like something you know it's a superhero thing you've never seen before and I was so impressed with it and I just thought it was so cool and people are like oh it gets better well I can't wait to read it but the first one was pretty that's damn one the fun out of
1: infamous issues or stories from the whole series is that diner one that's like a really <clears throat> big tauted one because yeah. it is like every great Twilight Zone every great you know almost that's not Hitchcockian but it's like that issue alone could be its own movie or its own TV show. And at the end, like what's the actual resolution again? Do you remember?
0: So, so when the Sandman finally shows up, like all the people in the diner are dead. Sandman shows up and he tricks him into going into the dream realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tricks him into destroying the Ruby. Um, and by destroying the Ruby, because it was created through Sandman, like splitting himself. He's like, I'm so powerful. I'm going to put part of myself in this stone and, and part of myself out here but he's he's weak now because he's been trapped for 30 years so when he tricks him into breaking the stone um it gives him part of his power back and then he traps him in a void like a, just
1: a, a and when I'm the bad guy just gets trapped in a void
0: yeah can't and, he
1: dream or something like that finally or something doesn't he like yeah. i thought I had like a peaceful resolution for him he, like
0: he basically sends him back to arkham he's like
1: you can sleep now yeah that's what it is right so like yeah. it's almost like a a sympathetic thing to that character where you're like he doesn't get vanquished. He doesn't get like tortured. He doesn't have eternal waking. Yeah. He's like, okay, you can go dream, idiot.
0: It. It's, but it's it was so weird because up until that point, you're like, oh, this is kind of dark and weird and, you know, very goth. But when he shows up, when Dr. Destiny shows up, it is so dark. I'm yeah. like, I'm talking like killer joke level, like fucked up in this where you're like, damn, comic books got real dark. But I I think it's so cool because, you know, I know in other things, like, he skirts around the outside of sort of the paranormal world of the DC universe in a way that, like, no other characters get to do. And I think that's a very interesting approach. And it'll be very interesting to see what they do in, like, the TV show. And, like, are they going to be able to do that shit where, like, he teams up with John Constantine and Swamp Thing. And like, are we going to get to see some of that interesting sort of outlier DC stuff, which I think could be very successful. We'll see.
1: It'll be interesting. And Neil Gaiman's one that I've always liked because there, there are some big names like Grant Morrison who really make you think outside the box, but sometimes it's just so fucking esoteric that for me at least, and I'm just speaking for me, it loses the, my interest because I'm reading these things for enjoyment.
0: Alan Moore, I'm... <laughs> Alan Moore. <laughs> yeah. But I mean,
1: him, I usually, usually like, but there's times where they're just like, let's deconstruct everything about everything. Or Grant Morrison, I feel like is always like, let's talk about this one character that was mentioned 60 years ago in the backstory of a Batman villain. And I remember him. And if you don't remember him, you're not really going to care. And that's fuck. Neil Gaiman, I feel like, does some really outside the box, real good deconstructions, but he they're pretty accessible, and it's not like it doesn't. Sometimes that shit feels like reading a textbook, and like there's so much exposition and backstory just to get you to understand where we're at currently. I feel like Neil Gaiman doesn't do that, he, and also the world building in, in most of his stuff, but certainly in Sandman, um, and he's been with a bunch of different artists through the years that really did some great work for yeah. that. World, you know, um but yeah, man, I I wholeheartedly agree. I love that story. I've read know, first twelve maybe issues or something in a run, and then you know, pot shot different stories specifically that I heard were really good.
0: When the show comes out, I'm sure they're going to re release the omnibuses and stuff, and I'm I'm going to pick those up for sure. um He's one of the guys I always I quote Neil Gaiman a lot. He has one of my favorite quotes of all time, and it was from a, a graduation speech that he did, and um, he said he said you know. It's life is you're climbing a mountain and you want to get to the top and you always want to pack your own bags. Don't pack the bags of somebody else because you get stuck in that a lot. Like in your life, you'll be helping someone else get to the top and not get anywhere yourself. So make sure you're always packing your own bags and not doing it for someone else. Um, He said, you can always go sideways and you can always go up, but never go backwards. He's like parallel moves. You have to because there is no straight path. I was like, that makes sense. I said, you only need, there's three things in life. You want to be on time, good at your job and pleasant to work, pleasant to work with. But here's the secret. You only need two. If you're always on time and you're pleasant to be work with, you don't need to be the best at your job. If you're the best at your job and you're on time, you don't have to be pleasant. And I was like, that's very interesting. And he was like, but if you're the best at your job, but you're not pleasant to work with the second you mess up, you're out of there. So I always want to be on time and I always want to be the most pleasant person to work with because then I don't have to be that good at my job. And I was like, that's me to a T, 100%. Oh, you nailed me. Because like, that's true. It's like, you know, there's lots of people who are better, maybe are better artists or better at what they do, but like, I'm going to be a nicer guy than them and I'm always going to be on time. And like, there's the, you know, those, and it's, it's, it's simple things like that, but that's one of my favorite quotes. And that speech is one of those ones that I'll re-listen to at least once a year because it's. So good. And that's like probably one of my biggest inspirations in in my professional life. Thanks, Neil Gaiman.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I like that. And not to undercut that, but one of my favorite quotes is from an all-star from a small village. And he said, there's a beast with great fangs, razor sharp ones, killer Ross in a feast. And what I just did was better.
0: (laughs) Rumi, we're just going to have to put on... (laughs) Gosh, it disturbs me to see you, Gaston, looking so down in the dumps. Every man wishes they could be you, Gaston, even Even when taking your lumps. lumps. No, we can't do this. Stop it. (laughs) All right. What else did you see? Give me something,
1: Eddie. I read a card. I
0: saw a middle school rendition of.
1: (laughs) And it was bad.
0: (laughs) Lame is. There's Jean Valjean.
1: Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> totally missed the subtext. Um, I read a comic as well. Okay. And you I read? actually have it because I finished it last Ooh. night. Ooh. Alien Ooh. Bloodlines. It's the mar- the first Marvel. Um,
0: uh, I'm nervous. I'm really nervous. I'm su- no, no, no. I saw that it was a thing and I was so nervous because if they're even like, it's, it's my same problem I have with Star Wars. It's like, hey, here's new Star Wars. Oh, Clone Wars is still a thing. And I'm like, I hate you. It, how Prometheus was it?
1: No, they mention they mention it a little bit, and it is without explaining it. I don't want to spoil it in case you read it. it. It is like it's important to the story. Like this could not happen without Prometheus. Theoretically, that being said, it's not like when it's they're not like Prometheus, Prometheus, Prometheus. The whole story is not trying to get you to buy Prometheus or get you to accept Prometheus.
0: Yeah, but does it have like fucking fake ass face huggers and sharker shark face? xenomorphs and bullshit
1: no no it's 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 alien it's alien and aliens in fact the story starts in my opinion the story starts off really good and if you want i'll give you details but if you yes. want uh, uh, oh okay so the story you're you're following the story through this old company man who used to be a soldier and now he's a you know a com you know weyland yutani company man he keeps having flashbacks to a botched alien fight 20 years ago in that and this happens like in the first couple pages you keep seeing a pov from inside a hyperspace pod and the word alien inside is written on the outside so you're seeing it backwards so theoretically you're wondering okay is that his flashback is this whatever and he sees some flashback of the black nightmare of you know aliens and there's this weird alien lady and he keeps feeling her calling to him and then he wakes up and the whole, the whole, the whole story. He keeps having flashbacks to this old mission. He he gets fired slash let go from the company ceremoniously. His he tries to make amends with his son, who he was never there for because he's a company guy. The son ends up being part of a saboteur terrorist group that goes up to the space station that he was just let go of to try to um, save slash let go a bunch of specimens that they've been working on. Obviously turns out to be aliens. That shit doesn't work. So the company sends his dad back to go get a specimen. So it's kind of like the company's like, you go get the specimen and you can save your boy if you want. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go get the boy, but save a specimen too. So then they go back up there. He goes up there with a couple of, just a couple, like two soldiers. And then, you know, they're in the space station, the character development at the beginning and the flashbacks and like the why does the son hate the father? Why does the father feel need to make amends? It's set up in the first two comics. I was pretty interested to see where they were going with it. And then it didn't really go anywhere super um, amazing. But, like, not bad. The so storytelling is, was good.
0: Is this um, species-looking goddess thing, is that real? Is that now canon? What is that?
1: Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. Okay, so spoiler alert if you haven't read it. Well, So the rest of the story, It's a, the, the six issues I have here in this trade, were good. But it's just aliens. It's just, you know, these people had to go from here to here in a space station. There's a lot of aliens. They meet challenges and surprises along the way. A couple characters reveal, ha ha, this is a thing that you didn't know. And maybe I did, but maybe you didn't. Um, it's, uh, It's written by a guy named Philip Kennedy Johnson who's written a bunch of comics before, but nothing that I've read. I liked his writing and it's drawn by Salvador Laraca, who's done a bunch of stuff that I've read and liked, including some recent star Wars stuff. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about his art was a lot of his poses look directly ripped from alien and aliens. Like literally I could tell you the scene that he paused to get that, that, you know, stance of the alien or the aliens. But that being said, it's drawn cool. It's cool. And a lot of the action is too fast. Like aliens charging down a hallway. the, the, The Marines are shooting at them. One alien gets shot and goes down. The other one jumps up into the ceiling tiles. They sold all that in literally three panels. And you're like, that's way too much to happen. And I was like, maybe it was a choice to make it seem like how fast it happens in the movies. But then I go back and I think of like, Kelly Jones run on Aliens when he did Alien's Hive and Alien's Genocide those are my two favorites they show full on aliens running which you never once see in the movie you never see an alien on two legs running like a man but like they did that and it looked fine and I understood the action this there's a lot of like between panel 1 and panel 2 I'm assuming that this this and this happens you know I,
0: I, that's more of a modern thing though where they're like action nobody wants to see action they want to read my story and you're like do is that the fact Because, like, I mean, I I still will always go back to the first AVP miniseries, which is, I think, one of the greatest sci-fi comics ever written and should have been what the movies were and still should be made into a movie. Um, Looking at you, Disney, come on. Um, Is this movie material? Would you watch this? Yes. And
1: if you go by the Star Wars um, comparison, I would be happy. This is um, a step down or two from Mandalorian. Like, Mandalorian was actually a pretty good show. This isn't pretty good. Uh, uh, so the, the, what happens, what ends up happening is at the end, you find out that he was in this botched mission. He ended up getting a face hugger on him. Oh. His robot Bishop saved him and they were able to extract the alien from him in time. So he's alive. They save the alien and then make all these bioweapons from the alien. But what he reveals, and it's revealed in like the last issue, is when the face hugger jumps on your face, they don't just plant an egg in you. You kind of become part alien. So, like, aliens know that you're part them and that you're part whatever. And it says, you not, like, he said, when he had the face hugger on him and was attached to the wall, he not only knew what all the aliens in that hive were doing but he felt like he knew what all aliens in the past had done as well as in the future. So that species looking chick is supposed to be the embodiment of a alien and human hybrid that will end up happening in the future. And then what, what is revealed after that is uh, a synthetic is explaining that essentially aliens are the universe's cleansing fire. And when any sentient species like humans, gets too big for their britches and explores out ways and finds this new life and immediately tries to weaponize it it ends up imploding on themselves by just taking over and leveling everything so they say that 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 species creature ends up being once humans once any sentient species that has now stepped in the alien mess they start to be like well we can't control this and we can't stop it let's let's meet with it and let's be bond with it so that we can create ourselves to be as strong as them. And that ends up with a new species of that. It was my least favorite part of everything. Um, but that said, it wasn't bad and it was fun. The best part of it is I don't think it said, fuck. It definitely said, shove something up your ass. It definitely said shit a lot. And there was like, head human headshots shots plenty. like it was max level violence with red blood and, and pieces of people there's a chest buster shoots out of a guy's chest and they put like a containment unit down on his chest and the chest buster goes back into the chest and pops out the guy's face so his teeth and his jaw and everything are flying out so for me i'm very excited to see where it'll go because it is not the Marvel slash Disney version of Alien, I was afraid we'll get. So, like, even though I don't necessarily want you to be bonded with an alien because you had a facehugger on you, like, I'll allow it. Go ahead. You want to do a new thing with the story? That's fine. They introduced a new alien at the end that was kind of like a king alien, which I didn't much care for. But again, that's how we've seen that a thousand times, right? All the Kenner aliens were like that. Gorilla alien, bull alien, scorpion but, alien. But whatever. I like
0: that stuff. That, that again, the ecology made sense when you do it that way. And Correct. I think it I works. And, like, we had a whole era of really good alien comics. Like you said, um, what was your favorite one?
1: Hive and Genocide were my two favorites.
0: Those are so good because... We're not trying to do anything new. We're creating new scenarios from the same thing. We're not trying to expand the universe. And even AVP, which is my favorite of, of both the Predator and the Alien comics, um, it showed a couple new things and ideas about how like Predators work and how Aliens work, but it didn't expand us in a way that's like, oh, I got to blow your mind. And I feel like we are, right. I feel like now people are so concerned about retreads instead of doing something well, they want to blow your mind. Right. It's like, I, I, I don't, I don't need that. And in fact, a big, but at the same time, I do respect big swings for the fences. So it's like, you know, I'm really torn. I'm re- I, I, I'm really torn on that because on one hand, it's like, I want people to swing for the fences and do, cool stories but at the same time it's like why do you need to tinker with how the alien works and that was one of my biggest things is you have a perfect ecology and one of the coolest creatures why why do you need this weird hybrid thing i if it was just a dream and that's like some weird visual shit that's fine totally cool because like visually the way it's drawn is other hr gigger inspired stuff very species like i said it looks like a species thing very cool um, I bought the book. I'm going to check it. I just bought it right now. bought one for my bro, too. <laughs> oh, no,
1: it's It's worth, I mean, whatever you, as long as you didn't pay like a shit ton, it's worth the read. It was a good read. You know what it, and two, it felt aliens. It yeah. felt aliens. You know what I mean? It looked aliens. It felt aliens. There was that perfect thing of like, this person has this gun. This person has a pulse rival. Okay, cool. But it was very much like the same beats as aliens,
0: but. I loved that's fine, uh, especially alien for the first issues. It's one of my favorite ones because okay. one? pig. Uh, it's, it's literally just like, like a pig is on a space station, they're gonna eat them or they're gonna like breed them on a, on a planet, and like mm-hmm. everyone on the thing is dead except for the pig and the alien. And the pig's like, oh, aliens, uh oh. And it's like, and the alien's kind of <laughs> into it. He's like, oh, hey, you're you're a different creature, I don't know what to do with you. You know, I, I love the ones that were like, hey, we're gonna do a story from a different perspective, or we're gonna do, you know, the ones that. Cause, cause literally you look at, at the whole alien franchise and the first movie is, is a gothic horror thing. And the second one's a shoot 'em up action film and it completely changed. Like there's a, fl- there's a flavor there that is now like some of them are all military action and some of them are like very, um, deliberate gothic horror. And, and I mm. think there, it's always interesting what people choose to do with that and like what people want to see in that. And like what people want to see in that in like a video game. And, you know, especially when you have the HR Giger inspired art, like how you draw that, how you display that. So, you know, I'm excited to check it out. But again, like, I don't think you need to change the ecology ever again. Prometheus, I agree. And Pr- like, it, Prometheus it's, already f- fucking took a dump on it.
1: I agree. Fucking but it's like it, the, the the best part of it is for me is I feel like you can't do a PG or even really a PG-13 alien or aliens it just doesn't work same with predator it just i mean you might be able to do it but i feel like you're hamstringing yourself before the race starts but the fact that this has i mean you don't need bad words but it it helps the situation like it makes sense and the blood and like because there's a couple times where a human betrays another human or a human storms in on guards and shoots the like yeah they got fucked up and like that's why I'm reading action. That's why I'm watching action sci-fi. I don't want everything to be safe. I don't want Punisher to, you know, let the drug dealers off with a warning so that they, they could go tell the guys that they're working for. You know, even if that makes sense in the context of the story, it's not right. I'm reading a Punisher comic. So I feel like when I watch an Aliens com- or a comic or Aliens movie, I want to see fucking guns. I want to see shooting. I want to see people get killed by the aliens. That's part of it.
0: But I feel like the first Alien film is practically PG thirteen. If they if it wasn't for the language and then one scene where a chest burster pops out, that movie's pretty bloodless.
1: Yeah, that's well. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, that movie's but scary I guess shit, man. But I think in your the what you brought up was two good things, right? One, the Gothic horror, and two, the action. And with this one franchise, this one property, you could go either way. Yeah. For me, I'm going to cut that 50-50 more or less. I like my alien isolation where you're kind of there's a the plot is sneaking around and not getting caught by the alien and then I also like all right let's bring the fight to them there's multiple aliens they're expendable mm-hmm. we can keep bringing them down.
0: Well here's here's the other difference the let's take to fight to them let's take the fight to them as fantasy. Like that's that's American fantasy. Hey, we got the guns, we got the muscle, we can fight mm-hmm. a force whereas I feel like the reality is if something wants to come for you and kill you you're fucked and that's like that's like a human issue that I think is just a just a, a human innate human feeling you know it's it's kind of like the primal fear is that yeah. even though we're like yeah we're the top of the food chain yeah you go out in the jungle and a tiger wants to eat you you're fucked dude I don't care what what food chain he doesn't give a shit like a shark is gonna eat you like humans are super fragile and the only reason we're technically at the top of the food chain is when we have enough of us. So it's like that whole fantasy of like yeah, we're going to fuck up aliens with our big guns and our muscles and our attitude. That's just so fucking I don't know, cheese dick american and I'm here for watching it. Well fuck that's what yeah. it is. That's what it's supposed yeah. to be, right? But like the reality of like oh my god, I'm trapped in a space and I cannot confront this. There's no possible way I'm winning unless I'm smarter. It unless unless I'm smart enough. Like like this thing is isn't I, I wouldn't say the xenomorph is stupid, but how can they cut the power, man? They're animals. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's the thing. It's, and so, so I really like, you know, I like, I like both sides of that coin and and, and it's, it's when, when done right, it's super cool. But I also feel like you can get, uh, you can kind of get bogged down in, in, in the action and you can get boring with the talky horror. So it's like they, they both have their pitfalls.
1: Yeah. This, for what it's worth, this book was certainly not boring it may have touched upon a couple of things that opened some doors that not my favorite but like it looked good it was fun i'll 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 sign on for the next six issues and see where we're at but it was it was like it was like um people's again with the star wars comparison it's new alien aliens content that fits into the view that i have of alien more or less and was fun so like great make a thousand more comics like this you know
0: (laughs) The most cliche thing in parasitic horror. Oh my god, when it was sucking on my brains, I could see their whole plan, man. (laughs) How many times have we seen that? So cheesy.
1: Uh, A thousand, a billion. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it was, it was fun. It was, it was fun. Had some cool moments, some cool gore, some cool fights. I I like the. I wish. I almost wish there was more story time because I feel like it was like. Exposition, then they got there to try to find the alien specimen as well as the sun, and then it just turned into aliens. And there was like not much more development, but you know, not bad. It was, I liked it, it was good. Nice.
0: Um, so I've been on a huge fucking uh kung fu kick, and in the past month or two, Kate and I have watched at least 30 of these things <laughs> like every you single guys, night. You know that you've things.
1: watched enough when you guys. Like walk by each other and make yah noises and fight <laughs>
0: each <laughs> other.
1: <laughs> have you have you gotten to that point yet?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And it's always like, did you insult my kung fu? You killed my master. You know, like they're all the same plot. They're all real cheesy um, from the seventies, and but I love I love them. I don't know why. They're just so fun to me. And um, it, I've been watching just a crap ton of them. And one of the ones I want to bring up. Uh, was one I had never seen before, and it's called. It's from 1970. It's called the Heroic Heroic Ones, uh, directed by Cheng Chen um, Chen. Uh, how do I pronounce this guy's name? Che Chang C H E H C H A N G. And he has done. He revolutionized kung fu films by adding blood bags. So these are the ones where like the blood starts spraying everywhere, and like everybody's oh, nice. like super covered in red paint. It is temper paint red. Yeah. Um, But this one was crazy because I've never seen a body count like this ever in any movie ever. The biggest body count I think I've ever seen. Um, The heroic ones. So it takes place in like ah, uh, during the Tang Dynasty. And there are these these. Magistrates who are getting their asses kicked by these other bad guys, and so they've hired like some mercenaries um, who they keep calling barbarians. So these guys are rougher, and all they want to do is drink and party and fight. And they're like, cool. And these guys show up, and, and it's it's a king and his thirteen general sons who are his sons, and they all go by the name thirteenth son, twelfth son, fifth son, eleventh son. And you're like, oh, nice. <laughs> cool that name, straight. Yeah, um, and they're all badasses, like super badasses, and. The people who hired them are like, well, uh, okay, we don't know how to control you, and you're kind of like scary badass, so we're gonna start betraying you once you have too much power, and so it's like this whole like intrigue and betrayal and shit like that. But there's scenes where these guys go in on secret missions, and they start fucking up dudes a hundred at a time. Like you'll see like three guys fight like three hundred people, and like they they, one of them's got a spear and he's fighting off fifty guys at once. I kid you not, like. And kills them all. Just like blood everywhere. Knocking people down the steps by the dozens. And you're like, they're superhuman. It's over the top. And like of its era. So it's 70s style like Kung Fu fighting, which is very rhythmic. Ching, ching, ha, ha, pip, pow, pow. And you're like, okay. Not as fluid as you'd enjoy, but still, I'm here for it. I just watched you kill like 100, 200 guys in like one scene. Awesome scenes where they're like lighting shit on fire shooting like shooting fire arrows and it's like i work on a film set i know how we do things now it's super safe everything you can't do that you're just watching it's like oh those guys have fire arrows. Yeah. oh wow they they shot those fire arrows, and those guys just dived out of the way and i get that they're stunt men but like you did you did it
1: yeah right. they're, they're, like,
0: and i always laugh at like you know the beginning of jackass so, like these are trained stunt men it's like no, these are guys who are just willing to get hurt. Yeah, like, they're
1: they, willing like, to do that.
0: Yeah, they're just willing to do that. Like, train. Tr- how do you train to get shot at by a fire arrow? Like, I understand people are like, I'm trained how to, like, <laughs> pretend to get punched and trained how to, like, fall in a way that looks like I'm getting, like, there's there's training for that. But, like, hey, I'm going to shoot this fire arrow out of, at you. Don't get hit. How, <laughs> you, you don't train for that. You just dive out of the way and don't get hit. Like, what the fuck? So, there's a lot of that, too, where it's like, oh, my God, they, they're, they're this place is this place is burning to the ground. There's like a, a field of tents and like 300 guys are fighting 300 guys and the tents are all on fire. And you're like, oh, that's not fake. Those tents are just burning down around you. And like this big swaths of fabric, like burning off and just flying into a crowd of dudes. And they're like, oh, shit. Oh, we're on fire. And you're like, wow. So much blood. So so much blood one of my favorite thing in all these kung fu movies is called the anguish death and it's it's just a classic way for that when they die where they're like Ugh! and then they like strain really hard and they go ah and like arch their back into the air and then like collapse but like it takes them forever to die which i'm like that's that's hilarious it's uh, it's super fucking good and that turns into all this betrayal it has a drawn quartering scene like you've never seen before. Like you've where, never seen. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, this guy shows up, and they, they trick him into lying down on the ground, letting himself be tied up. And then they're like, ha-ha, we betrayed you. And you're like, nah, shit, I saw that coming. And they slice his arms and legs, and then he's in a tent, and they go outside to the super wide shot, and there's like five or six horses with, with ropes coming out of the tent. And they, they go, ah yeah. And all the horses take off, and you see the tent get ripped apart you don't see him get ripped apart, but you see the tent mm. shredding, which is a cool analogy for him getting ripped apart. But then you see the tent hit the ground and just blood trails go boom out in all directions with the horses. And you're like, and I, and like a huge wide and just blood trails. just, And you're like, that's fucking cool.
1: <laughs>
0: and, I don't know. It was just one of those rad ones. And again, of its time, all of these movies has like a scene. And they're like, now let's appreciate these quarters dancers. Clap, clap. And then it's like, oh, I got to watch this. Like... Tang Dynasty dance
1: <laughs> session. Eight minute scene. Of yeah, eight,
0: eight minute scene of like ladies dancing with scarves. Okay, all right. Well, I think I'll get up and get a drink now.
1: <laughs> so where there's a podcast going on being like, and then there's this scene where this guy gets drawn and quartered and luckily they put a tent over him, but then the blood goes everywhere. But
0: that, <laughs> they, eight minute dance. We're scene. treated
1: to an eight minute scene of dancing and then the other guy's like only eight minutes they're like yeah but it's tang dynasty
0: <laughs> <laughs> i just i love it man it's so good and you know we've been just uh, it, it, you know you start you're starting to figure out which directors you like and um I, yeah i'm I, I love that era and it's just goofy man goofy fun long ass fight scenes holy shit long ass fight yeah. scenes yeah and like cool 70s. weapons too this is 70s yeah this is nineteen seventy. It says it's PG thirteen. Bullshit. There's so much blood. PG
1: thirteen was was different back in the day.
0: Yeah, these guys jump out. At one point, these ninjas jump out of the water and they have like spikes on chains and they're swinging around. This guy gets quick. Impaled with spikes all over him and he's still fighting him. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna save my dad <laughs> Fighting him fight him. And he pulls the chains out of him and he swings him around chops up the ninjas with it and you're like That's fucking cool blood spraying <laughs> everywhere guys flying in there My favorite thing is in any one of these scenes where like a bunch of guys run in and it's like the guys in the background They get sprayed with blood from the sword like the sword has a hose in it So when he hits yeah. them they get sprayed but all the guys in the front because they're running in in front of the camera, you only see the back of their head and they already have big gnarly wounds yeah, yeah, painted yeah. on them. So then when he swipes, they go, ah, and they spin around, look right at camera with like a big gash on their forehead, blood everywhere. And you're like, cool, cool. That's a good it's trick. It's
1: so funny. We talked and I, I watched a movie that had something very similar. Where like, oh, I know how they did that, but it did not for a second diminish my enjoyment of it. When we had Steve Johnson on back in the day. We talked about that for some of the gags in Fright Night where you're like, there was a a gag where he did a makeup on the back of someone's hand and then he had the hand (laughs) curl up. And it's like watching that, I figured out that's how they did it. But it looks so cool. It's such a simple trick. And the fact that I know how they did it does not diminish how fun it is. And I think there's something to be said for watching something and being like, holy shit, how did you do that? There is a special type of magic involved there. But when you're watching something like a fight scene like that and you're like, oh, there's a hose in the sword and the guy already had the wound on his face. But it looked like you timed it right and everything and you shot it right. It looks fucking cool. And there's something to be um, there's something to be said for knowing how they did it and still being impressed with it. You know what I mean? Like, I know that that guy didn't really get his face chopped off, but how fucking cool is that? That's awesome. It looks neat.
0: I I think that's what it is for all of these is like there's a there's a a simplicity to it. It's like every, every single one of these is like, Oh, you killed my parents. I'm going to go train to kick your ass later. Or it's like, Oh, you insulted my school. I'm going to train to kick your ass later. Like there's always a training involved and there's always like a bravado involved, but there's something just comforting to it because you're like, it's nothing special, but I'm here for the entertainment. And yeah, it's that perfect slice of cheesiness. You found that right area. And, and the bad dummy dubbing helps. Like, I love that. Uh, There's something very like fun about a bad dub. And because I'm like practically deaf, everything, we also listen to everything with subtitles on. And hey, guys, if you make subtitles and there's a dub, please get that shit together because uh, it's hilarious when it's like, wow, you're not even telling the same story. Like if, if I watch this with the subtitles on, I'm watching a different movie than what the dub has going on. Super wild. It's so weird when he's like, Hi, my name's Steve, and then the subtitles like, Hey, what's up? I'm Bill. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> completely different characters appear. Like it's amazing. Uh that what's like heroic ones? The heroic ones, yeah. I think like I've heard that one before, but I've watched like like I said, we've watched over thirty of them in the past. Like every night. We're just like Pretty click. Good. Yeah. Um I bought the I bought the um arrow video shaw set which had 12 of them. And that just mm-hmm. kicked off a huge addiction of nonstop watching these movies. And I want them all. Shaw brothers. Uh, made if you like want them all. You have, train, have you have to
1: train and then you have to fight all the other
0: ones. Then I have to. Yes, exactly. You have to fight them all. And it's, it's funny too, because like you're watching it and you're like, Oh my God, these are the blueprints for so much else. Like when you watch all this and because when I, when I first saw kill bill, I already knew the stuff that they were referencing. I already mm-hmm. knew that this was just a ripoff mixtape of other movies that have existed. And the more I've watched him, the more that doesn't help. Because, like, so you have a character, uh, he plays Pai Mei in the movie. Well, there's the movie where he fights Pai Mei, and he's, you know, the young guy. Uh, he was the original character to fight Pai Mei. And, and mm-hmm. you're like, well, holy shit. Like, this is where all this came from. And you see where all it all came from. There's a movie called Dirty Huh. Dirty Ho is what the title looks That's
1: like. That's like the original title of your uh, middle school production. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um, that has like really unique choreography because it's one of these movies where like n- there's almost no fight scenes in it because he's like this secret undercover. Fi- Everybody's like trying to secretly kill him. So they're like, drink this tea and he knows it's poison. So he's like, I won't drink the tea. So they're like, kung fu fighting with a teacup not dropping the teacup and, like, pretending not to fight. And it's like, that's clever. But then it's like we watched um, Legend of the Drunken Master with um, uh, Jackie Chan, which is awesome, awesome movie. Uh, but they do a couple of the fight scenes from that movie where they do some of the similar fight scenes. And it makes sense. It's the same director and uh, uh, Chai Ling Lu or Lao Karlung, whichever name. You pick and, uh, but, the, but, you know, he's reusing some of the cool choreography from it. And you're like, oh, that makes sense. That's awesome. The hardest part about all this, because, you know, you try to learn who's this director, who's this actor. They have like three different names. And depending on whether it's the Chinese version of the movie, the Hong Kong version of the movie or the international version of the movie, they have different names. So like Gordon Liu is a famous, you know, he, he's a real famous actor, but he has like Depending on where you see him in America, we're like, oh, Gordon Liu, yeah, he's he's in that movie. But like he has a different name and then a different name in, in, in Mandarin. And you're like, oh, this is so hard to keep track of everybody's name. Fuck.
1: The uh Uncle Monkey is Uncle Monkey in every movie
0: though. <laughs> oh my god. I meant oh, to look my that wedding movie tackle up the
1: other day to try to find
0: <laughs> So our my buddy Dave Paul, big shout out to Dave Paul in the Wu Tang collection. Um it's a streaming app. If you guys like Kung Fu, this is an unpaid pitch. Uh, check out the Wu Tang Collection official. It's a Kung Fu app. But my buddy Dave Paul was like, hey, you like Kung Fu? I was like, hell yeah. We were working together. And he's like, here's a bunch of these like crappy ones on DVD. And I, if you like Shitty Movie Sunday, you should do it. So I brought it over to Shitty Movie Sunday. And one of the ones was like, roller skating ninjas fight Uncle Monkey. And we were like, done, sold, put it in the DVD player. Like, do it. We don't
1: even. Uncle Monkey has to buy the golden banana, it said.
0: Yeah, but there's something about roller skating ninjas, oh, too. Oh,
1: it definitely said, it said, it said opening with roller skating ninjas. Yeah. It was yeah. supposed to be the very first thing.
0: Um, no roller skates. Uncle Monkey was in it. <laughs> but like halfway through the movie, you could tell they're like, fuck this monkey. He can't act for shit. And like, there's something like, oh no, Uncle Monkey got killed by a snake. <laughs> and like.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> I forgot ha- about that part. Halfway through the movie, they're like, nah, we don't. We really don't need an Uncle Monkey in this movie. <laughs> had some of the most hilarious Uncle like,
1: monkey was an actual chimpanzee if we haven't made that clear he was a actual there, monkey.
0: there was a real monkey in this movie for quite a bit of the movie but like <laughs> literally halfway through they're like nah get, get this monkey out of here and they're like oh, i got bit by a snake he's dead um it was like a, that's like
1: truly is like a mad libs movie where they're like these these ninjas have roller skates they didn't really then uncle monkey they i don't think there was a golden banana but the monkey was trying to do something there was a, mo- a bunch of monkeys ran up and bit guards in their penises. And one yells out in dub, yells out, oh, my wedding tackle. My <laughs>
0: wedding tackle. Yes. Uh, so weird. What like, a that weird was an movie. attack
1: one army used on another was to release monkeys that bit penises, I guess.
0: I also don't remember if the movie was good, but it was hilarious.
1: Oh, we like, laughed like crazy.
0: Like, I don't remember if there were any like good um, fight scenes or anything, you know?
1: Well, the, the movie opens with a fight scene that like the transfer was fucked. So you're literally looking at like just under someone's jaw down to like about their waist and you're watching them fight, but there's no context for anything. And they maybe were on roller skates, but we couldn't see that. It won the vote unanimously, but I, I think we were kind of m- missold on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's true. Uh, what else you got, Rumi?
1: Uh, I got one more. It's a quick little one. Okay. Uh, weeks ago now, I watched a movie called Windfall on Netflix, 2022, and it has Jason Siegel, Jesse Plemons, uh-huh. who's the squinty-eyed guy from, uh,
0: Married Breaking to Mary Bad. Jane from the original, uh, what? Spider-Man movies.
1: Who was it? Mary Jesse, Jane?
0: Jesse Plemons is married to the woman who plays Mary Jane in the original. Is he really? Yeah. Um, that squinty what, guy? Yeah. What's her name?
1: Um, now that you've said it now that you don't know I don't know <laughs> um, I'll think of it I'll think of it in a second though because I can see her my dad calls her dog face which I used to agree with but I don't think no. I, now I think that's a lot Kirsten
0: Dunst is very cute Kirsten
1: Dunst well, yes
0: Kirsten Dunst is very cute
1: um, I just watched Spider-Man 3 the other day she's not a good act, at least in that not a good actress and she also wasn't very cute in that
0: well I'm not gonna I don't know about her acting chops but I think she was great in Fargo 2 and that's where she and Jesse The Revenge plunge- Yep, she and Jesse Plemons played a married couple in that movie, and they met and they got married in there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, this movie, uh, it 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 looked like so the 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 summary, and I'm looking on IMDb. The summary on Netflix said something to the effect of a man breaks into a tech billionaire's empty vacation home, but things go sideways when the arrogant mogul and his wife arrive for a last minute getaway. And that was like, eh, sounds like I've seen that home invasion movie before. But Netflix did that thing where it's like, oh, you've stopped on this movie momentarily. Let me start playing it for you. And it was Jason Siegel sneaking around a house. And then the, that couple walks in and he has to like hide. And I was like, OK, interesting. So I watched it pretty good. But one of those movies that for numerous reasons, I have no idea where we would put it in our blockbuster. It was Hitchcockian at times. It was suspenseful at times. It was comedic and possibly black comedy at times, but it overall did not have
0: like Damon Wayne's black comedy or like,
1: (laughs) when I said that I was going to make that joke, but I was like, Nope, don't it's just, there's too much to talk about already. He, Jason Siegel's just walking around this like beautiful villa. It's a little house in the middle of a desert with like an orchid and stuff. He's, eating you know the movie starts with him eating shit off of the trees and he's sitting at their pool then he walks inside he pees in their shower which is the first time if you haven't read the thing that you're like oh maybe he doesn't belong here and he's looking around he finds a box that has a gun in it i think um and some cash and then as he's about to leave these two people come in and it's this woman who's married to the director and the director was charlie mcdowell and uh, uh, Jesse Plemons who I love him because he's so good at that role because he's, he's he can't, he doesn't play a likable character right like he just doesn't have a likable face and he's good at playing a non likable character He they walk in and we know that their marriage is on the rocks but they're trying this getaway and they very quickly like undercut each other a couple times and Jason Segel sees the woman and he goes shh and he starts to leave and she yells and he runs up and grabs her and Jesse Plemons comes out and he's like, okay, sit down on the couch and I won't hurt her. And from there, it goes into this thing. Jason Siegel never gets a name. He's, he's uh, credited as nobody. And I actually think the mogul also is it. We don't know exactly what he does, but he's like a Bill Gates type character and we don't know why Jason Siegel was at this house. It could have been random. It could have not been random and and jason siegel like clearly doesn't want to be taking a hostage they offer him money and watches and stuff jason siegel does a great job as this like nervous it's almost like um i can't i can't think of a of a something to compare it to but you don't know if he just wants to get out of there or if he's gonna snap and hurt somebody and it it gets a little creepy at times and he does a really good job of it um he just wants to get out of there at first he locks them in their sauna with like chairs and stuff, he barricades it and he runs to his car. And as he's about to get in his car, he sees that there's a video camera pointed directly at his car. So he's like, fuck, I need that. He goes there and they say, we can't, you know, we, it, that goes to a server. We can't just give you a tape. And the whole time, Jesse Playman's like above it. Like he's at, like, you have not thought this out, have you? And it almost seems like Coen Brothers-esque a couple times where it's like, oh, this is going to be like a fun romp where the hostage taker and the hostages kind of don't know what to do with each other but then shit gets serious a couple of times it's just tonally and atmospherically kind of hops around but not in an unpleasant way you know what i mean like i kind of didn't know how to feel but that almost lent itself to the to the plot
0: yeah but i've already seen this movie it's called villains from 2019 villains (laughs) yeah villains bill skarsgård and make monroe uh, sneak into a house. Uh, and the owners come home. And it's Jeffrey Donovan and Kira Sedgwick, and they're like, "Oh, we're okay. Well, we'll just go." And then they're like sneaking around looking for shit. But then they find a little girl chained up in the basement. And then God, shit. This did not have that. <laughs> shit gets real weird. And then the owners of the house are like, "You can't. You can't let her out. She's actually a demon." And they're like,
1: "Uh." Oh, I gotta yeah. watch this tonight now.
0: Yeah, villains is, is kind of. I liked it. It's not great. Again, kind of totally weird, and you're like, I don't know if this is supposed to be funny, but it's it's intense. It's very bizarre. It's worth checking out.
1: This one's interesting. So there's no chained up away... demon
0: in the basement in this movie? I like
1: that. I like that idea, because chained up girl, you're like, interesting, and they're like, oh, she's not a girl, she's a demon. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. Up until then, well, I was kind of making sense. but And
0: the whole time, it's like, is she, isn't she? We don't know. You know we, right.
1: But Which is an old Twilight Zone thing, but yeah. um, anyway, this movie is good. I liked it, and it culminates in a way that I... You half see coming, but not exactly. It's pretty good. Great character. It's, it's a, it was a movie that was made for COVID during COVID times. Yeah, it's literally one location. There's I think three or four people in it, and one person on a Zoom call that I don't even know if you see them. So it's all one location. It doesn't feel it's not claustrophobic, but you definitely are in one location. Keeps its interest. Jason Siegel does a great. I mean, all of them do a great job.
0: Is there um, a bloodbath
1: at the end? No no i actually i'm not even sure of the answer to that but i don't know if i'm i'm in then it's it it's 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 again like i've read a couple things about it that compare it to hitchcock i would say it's hitchcockian at times but other times very far from it
0: all right so if it's not comedy if it's not definitely comedy and there's elements of like crime and elements of suspense it's a thriller also if there's nothing supernatural
1: nothing supernatural. And if we had to put it in one place, I would think a thriller is the way to go, but it very much is like, it does not fit that mold in and of itself.
0: Killers. Thriller is a great catch all for things that are too real to be horror and also too sexy to be a comedy.
1: Yeah, uh, this is, (laughs) this is, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's like, I almost want you to watch it just so we can talk about it more in depth because beat by beat, it's just like, where are you, where are you going with this now? And like, when I think about it, the fact that they stretched this premise that long without it being boring or disinteresting or being like, all right, I, I've seen this movie before. I know that this is the scene where such and such happens. It's, it was really pretty good. And I I don't really know Jason Siegel very good, but I've seen him in a bunch of stuff and I don't know that I've ever seen him in something serious, especially something serious where he might hurt somebody. You know That's what I mean? True. And I think that was I've, pretty
0: good. I've always seen him as like a fun, goofy guy or like a, a mope, you know, he's, he's kind of a, uh, you know, or he's a character that everybody's dumping on. Like everybody's just taking a shit on this poor guy right. and he's sad about it. Um, so that is interesting. I would like, to he see was very, like,
1: very much like a Kate, like an animal backed into a corner where like he was trying to keep it together. He clearly did not want to hurt these people, but also what's his name is just being a dick to him the whole time. And you're like, there's going to come a time where he fucking knocks him out or shoots him or breaks him or like something. Right. Then, you know, a gardener comes at one point, they have to try to get a money, money delivered at one point. And there's a couple times it's, you know, it does a good job of like, you almost got out. You know what I mean? Like that almost happened, but then one character turned around and said one more thing. And that, that if that didn't happen, you would have made it out. Everything would have been over, which is a good it, it does it in a good way. That's pretty tense. So I think there's I guess I think it was accomplished in certain areas and certain areas not. But it was very interesting because you, you don't watched, know where you're going.
0: Have you watched the Fargo TV series?
1: The first season, maybe this I think the first season for sure.
0: I love second the first season. The first season is one of my favorite. The second season is Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst and a bunch of other people. I mean, it's, it's a whole, but they're, they're one of the side stories where they keep piling up bodies and trying to hide it and just keep getting it. Is over it related to
1: the first season or can you watch the second season without knowing the first season?
0: It is, but you're fine.
1: Okay. so I watched it, it, it years ago.
0: So the first season, the second season is like a prequel to the first season. So it's the characters from the first season that are old are now young versions of themselves. So it's like, oh. you don't need to, but if you're gotcha. like, Oh, I'm interested in the universe of Fargo. Okay. But it's like, you know, it's like watching a Marvel movie. Like, oh, all right. It you know, pick make, up. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect you, but there are some Easter eggs where you're like, Oh, it, it enriches your experience, but I don't think you're missing anything. If you don't, yeah. um, the first season's better, but the second season's great. And then the fourth season's good too. Third season's just fine. Yeah. well Let's wrap it up guys. What middle school musicals do you guys like? <laughs> what what should the Montgomery Northwest Middle School put on next after Beauty and the Beast? Maybe a um,
1: Dude, they had typos, multiple typos on the front cover of the playbill. Like brutal in the name of the school. Brutal. So they had Gaston and La Le, Lafou Le, come out at the beginning and make a joke that LeFou had been in charge of the playbills, which is, I think is a pretty good cover, but like, come on, man.
0: Damn. Uh, uh, yeah, it's up. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod. Our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Check us out on YouTube. Check out our goofy faces while we talk to each other. Um, read that and stuff.
1: I'm, I'm psyched that we got to do this in my bed.
0: Um, I've yeah, only laid know. in a
1: bed one other time with Rumi. <laughs> <laughs> Twice. No, two times.
0: Yeah, once was in New York.
1: Yep, on a, on a blow-up bed.
0: <laughs> Traveling. Um, did you like the the Alien comic book? If you read it, let us know. Uh, or is it too Prometheus-y for you? Uh, I'm going to find out. I bought it. I'm going to read it. Do you like Shaw Brothers Kung Fu? I already know the answer to that, so you don't have to tell me. <laughs> I get it. Golden Harvest is way better. No argument. No argument that Bruce Lee boot movies are better overall, but I find something comforting in the cheesiness of a ha, 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 kung fu fight scene. All right. This has been great. Let's blast this thing off, Whoops All right. Until next time, we're the Rocketeers and we're out.
1: Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four,
0: three, two, one, zero. We have a lookout.